0: Welcome to the New Point Community Church Podcast. This message is part of our series, Life is Complicated, We Can Help. We want to thank you for joining us, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. Well, hello, New Point. I want to welcome each and every one of you. I want to welcome all six of our physical locations across Ohio, as well as those of you who are joining us online. Now, I don't know about you, but this is one of my favorite times of the year because the weather is beginning to change. Spring is upon us. And you know what? we have the NCAA tournaments, and I love that. You have the Masters, and there's just a lot of great things that's happening, and so it's really one of my favorite times of the year. Now, you have chosen an incredible week to join us because we're in a series called This Is Us, and we've been taking a deeper look at how God has designed each and every one of us, how we relate to him, how we relate to one another, and how we relate to his church. And we have a tendency to believe that the way in which we relate to the world is in the same way in which everybody else does, that they have the same process and they have the same thoughts and they have the same ideas. But the fact of the matter is God hasn't created each of us the same. He just has it. Have you figured that out? I mean, if you have kids, you know that we're all different. And he's created each of us to need one another, to be really in some way or another, in a healthy way, dependent upon one another. And so what that means is this, each of us see the world differently. Each of us do. And what happens is mankind has often gotten off track because we think, that everybody thinks the same way that we do and that will respond the same way that we do. And it goes on and on and on and on. But that's not true. You see, God has created you and me to approach situations differently. And you know that if you're married, okay? And so over the past five weeks, we've been using a tool called the Enneagram. And it's a tool that allows you and I to discover our personalities and our perspective on life, and and so what we've done is we've looked at nine different personalities, and and, and they're powerful, and they're they're God-given, and one of the important things to remember as we go through this, and as you have gone through this, is this, there is a healthy you, and then there's an unhealthy you. There is a self to discover, and there is a self to lose. There is the authentic you, the way in which Christ has designed you, and then there is an adaptive way. And what we have been encouraging you to do is to shed the adaptive way and embrace the authentic way so that you can reach your full potential in Jesus Christ. And so the tendency for you and me, though, is to lead an adaptive life. One that really God did not intend for you and I to experience or even live out. But the authentic life is the one in which God has for you and me. And when you and I choose that route, even though it takes intentionality and work, we are able to experience new levels of life that otherwise we would never experience. Because what happens is you begin to experience the God-given potential that he's put in every one of us. Now, the adapted life, on the other hand, okay, exudes the same amount of intentionality and effort and work, but you know what? It produces so much less than the authentic life. And so God has designed you, God has designed me to live out the authentic life. Otherwise, you're living on a treadmill and you may run hard, but you really won't get anywhere. And so today, what we want to look at is practicing the authentic you, the one in which God has created, because there's nothing more discouraging. Matter of fact, there's nothing more depressing than trying to be someone that you're not, trying to maintain that facade, which will cause you to be worn out, it will cause you to be exhausted, trying to be that person that maybe somebody else wants you to be, maybe a mom, maybe a dad, maybe a spouse, maybe a friend. And what happens is, what we have to realize is this, God wants you to be you. Otherwise, you're gonna miss out on God's very, very best for your life. You see, living a fake or phony life or an adaptive life what happens is will lead you to be unaware of God's blessings and God's favor upon your life. And so if you want to experience, and not only experience, but be aware of God's blessing and favor upon your life, what happens is you have to live out that authentic life. So stop living for the approval and the acceptance of someone else. Be the man, be the woman, be the person that God has created you to be. You see, many, many people mistake the favor or the blessing of God for stuff or for possessions. Yet in reality, the favor of God is being able to live a life of contentment, of being able to say, I am going to be the man, the woman, the person who God has created me to be. It's recognizing the way in which God has made you and loving the way in which God has made you and how he has gifted you. You see, God did not create you to be anyone else other than you. And when you get to heaven, God's not going to say why you weren't more like your father or your mother or your brother or your sister or like your best friend. No, you know what? He's going to ask you, why wasn't you the person that I created you to be? Because the reason why he's created you the way in which he has created you is to fulfill his purpose here on earth. You see, God has a plan and God has a purpose for you. And so the world doesn't need two of you. The world doesn't need two of me. My dad would sometimes say this to me. He would say, Whitey, I thank God for you, but I'm glad there's not two of you. Well, the fact of the matter is, there's no way that there can be two of me. God only made one, and God only made one of you. And so God wants you to do the work that he has called you to do. He wants you to live out his purpose that he has called you to do. Look at what the psalmist says because it explains it very, very well. For you created my inmost being. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. It's talking to God. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. He's affirming who God created him to be. He goes on, he says, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. Check this out, okay? This is why it's so important that you shed the adapted self and that you embrace the authentic self. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Wow, how precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. Wow. He says, how vast a sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I am awake, I am still with you. You see, the shift can be subtle, but it's not easy. It takes intentionality of you and me. It takes self awareness it takes transparency it takes honesty to be able to live out the authentic person that god has ordained you and i to be and he's ordained you and i to do that and when we do that guess what we experience life and we experience it to the full you see paul refers to this when he writes to the church in philippi he says this continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. The word here, work out, literally means to live out or practice the life of someone who has experienced salvation. Now, what is salvation? Salvation is freedom. That means that when you live out who God created you to be, there's freedom there unbelievable freedom, and God wants you and I to start believing today that you are rare, that you're one of a kind, that you're valuable, and that you're precious, and he wants you to live that out and to help you to learn how to be able to be successful at this, I wanna share with you some some, uh, steps or a process in which will enable you to be able to shed that adapted self and be able to embrace the authentic self. Now, we've talked about that there's a self to lose, and there's a self to find, and I wanna help you practice the authentic you, all right? So let's jump in. Here's the first thing, practicing the authentic you, remind yourself of who you are. Remind yourself of who you are. That is think and speak positive things to yourself over and over again. You see, God has made you incredible and he never makes mistakes, but this will cause you, okay, to have to deal with the distorted beliefs about God, about ourselves. And I have to do this on a daily basis. I have to remind Dwight of who he is and who God created him to be. And so I have to deal with my distorted beliefs about God sometimes and about myself. See, Proverbs tells us this. Be careful what you think because your thoughts run your life. Wow. Your thoughts run your life. What have I said over and over again to us? You cannot act inconsistently with how you think. You see, your mind lies to you all the time, and just because you think something doesn't mean that it's true. Just because you feel something doesn't mean that it's true. Your emotions often lie to you. Often, more times than not, they lie to you. You see, feelings are okay, but they're a terrible master. You don't want to be led by your feelings. You see, the problem is our mind has the ability to create narratives with just one thought. And then guess what we do? We build on that over and over again. And if you're not careful, it goes for me too. If I'm not careful, it can cause us to develop an entirely false narrative about ourselves and about others and about God. That's not based in reality. And so I have to remind myself over and over again who I am and who God created me to be. You see, that's part of spiritual growth. We have to take every thought captive because he wants us to live out our authentic self. And so we have to learn how to know the difference between thoughts that are true and thoughts that are what? False, that are lies. You see, one of the most important disciplines that you and I can practice, if we're going to live out our authentic self, is to build our life on challenging our thoughts. Say to yourself, I know what I'm thinking, but is that really true? You see, no matter how far you go in your spiritual walk, no matter how long you have been following Jesus, your old self, your sinful nature will keep trying to take control of your thoughts. And and as the saying is, you, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. And so you have to learn how to question your thoughts, not just one time, but all throughout your life. You see, when you start to think, That nobody likes you. Ask yourself, how did I arrive at this conclusion? How did I arrive at thinking that nobody likes me? You see, the difficulty here is recognizing that our emotions are very real, even if the situation, the way in which we see it, is not. And so you're never going to to get better unless you're willing to test your feelings and your emotions. And so when you think that your life is worthless, question yourself, what is Satan saying to me that's not true? Because he's the father of lies. You see, listen, no one talks to you more than you. You're constantly talking to yourself. Research indicates that a person speaks at the rate of 150 to 200 words per minute, but the average person can listen to about 500 to 600 words a minute. That's why you can listen to me right now and plan your dinner right now. Where are we going to eat? What are we going to eat? You can do that because what happens is that's how powerful your mind, you see the mind sees in pictures and you can see a thought in a nanosecond, just boom, just like that. The problem is all of those thoughts are not always true. Sometimes we run into the problem like Job, and Job said it like this. Everything I say seems to what? Condemn myself. In effect, what happens is everything I say is putting myself down. We're all typical in this area. We're all guilty in this area because we can all be our worst what? Critics. We're always putting ourselves down if we're not careful. And God wants you and I to stop putting ourselves down And when you start putting yourself down, okay, are you really putting yourself down? Or are you complaining to God about why you are the way that you are? You see, listen, how do you eliminate negative talk so that you can become a positive person, a confident person, your authentic self? Well, Paul says this in Philippians. He says, fix your thoughts. You have a choice. I have a choice. Fix your thoughts on what is true and good and right. Think about the things that are pure and lovely and dwell on the fine good things in others. Think about all you can to praise God for who and be glad about it. Think about all you can praise God for and be glad about it. In other words, don't think about all the weaknesses in your life, don't think about the ways in which you're not. Begin to think about the ways in which God has created you to be and what he wants to do in your life and through your life. And you can say, you know what? I am valuable. I am significant. I am secure. I am accepted. And God loves me. And he has formed me together to be this incredible person. And he wants me to live out the authentic life. So refuse, okay? Refuse to compare yourself with others. Refuse to compare yourself with others. You see, God loves variety; He really does. Look at look at the flowers, look, look at the plants, look at our world. He loves variety, and if He didn't, He'd make all of us look the same. And you know what? You can look to the person to the right and to the left of you. You don't look anything like them. He has created each of us differently, down to our fingerprints. And what happens is we can look at some people as good examples to follow. But what you need to understand is though they have good traits, you don't want to duplicate them. You want to be the man, the woman that God has created you to be. You can learn from them, but you are a personality all by yourself. And so if you're looking for a quick and easy way to lose your joy, your peace, start comparing yourself to other people, and it'll leave you like that. You see, the problem isn't what we have, the problem occurs when we feel like other people have it better than us and we start comparing ourselves. That's what Facebook does, right? Would you agree with me? And the enemy loves to use this tool. But Paul tells us in Galatians, here's what he says, let everyone, everyone, that's me, that's you, that's all of us, let everyone be sure that he is doing his very best, for then he will have the personal satisfaction of work well done and won't need to compare, wow, himself with someone else. You see, comparing is the root of envy, of envy. And envy will lead you down a wrong path. Matter of fact, it will lead you down to a path of adapting yourself. And you don't wanna do that. So you wanna get rid of envy in your life. And the way in which you get envy out of your life is by refusing to compare. You see, what happens though, if we're honest, Comparing is our favorite sport. We just love to do that. We compare everything. We compare our families. We compare our kids. We compare our jobs. We compare our bodies. We compare our awards. We compare everything. And God says to you and me that it is foolish. It is foolish to compare yourself with anyone else. And every time you compare yourself with somebody else, you're going to fall into one or two traps. Either you're going to be full of pride because you're going to say that you do it better than they do, or you're going to be full of envy. You're going to wish that you had what they have. And what happens is you need to understand that God just wants you to be you. Pride and envy is always a result of comparing. And God says it's foolish, don't do it. You're unique, you're one of a kind. Nobody compares to you. Here's the third thing I wanna share with you, and that is recognize your potential, not your limitations. Recognize your potential, not your limitations. And I would say this, if you focus on your limitations, you you will find yourself adapting to everybody around you. But if you focus on your strengths, you will find yourself living out your authentic self. You see, your potential will go through the roof when you focus on your potential and not your limitations. They, they, they say this in studies. They, they say that the people who usually go to the next level in life. They don't focus on their weaknesses. They focus on their potential. And God will never ask you to be someone he has not designed you to be. You see, it's God's desire that you live out the person that he has created you to be. So he's created you with strengths and weaknesses. We know that from the Enneagram. But what he wants you to do is to focus on your strengths, not your weaknesses so that what happens is you can fulfill his purpose and his plan for your life. You see, we were created to do good works. That's what the Psalmist says, that he has ordained the days for you and I to walk in them. And so he's given you some weaknesses, but he's given you strengths, and he wants you to recognize your strengths so that you can walk in the days that he's ordained for you. You see, God has shaped you in a specific way because he has a specific plan for you. And for many of us, we spend far too much time on what we're not good at than focusing on what we're good at and what God has gifted us to be. And so look at what Corinthians has to say because it speaks directly to this. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's Various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Now listen to this, okay? Each person is given something to do that shows who God is. The one, the two, the three, the four, the five, The six, the seven, and yes, even the eights, me, okay, and the nines, we're given something to show who God is. And that's what He wants. He wants you and I to be an expression of who He is all throughout the earth. And so refuse to wallow in your weaknesses, focus on your potential, and your light will shine brighter. And further than you could ever imagine. Refuse to concentrate on your weaknesses, except in the effort to be able to say, you know what? I'm going to shed that. Keep your flaws in perspective. Why? Because you and I will give a personal account to God for who he created us to be, not who we wanted to be. And so you're going to have weaknesses, okay? You're going to have strengths. And what I want to say to you is this, recognize your potential, not your limitations. And then finally, review criticism. Review criticism. And here's what I mean by that, okay? Learn to deal with criticism. And by the way, humility makes all of your critics your coaches, Okay, so you gotta learn how to deal with criticism. Be able to to, to know that God has created you the way He has, and He wants you to live that out. He wants you to be different. And if you're going to be who He created you to be, then I promise you this because I know it for a fact you're gonna receive some criticism. But review that, listen to it, learn from it, grow from it, but do not allow it to define you. You see, listen. You won't be comfortable in your skin if you go against your convictions. You won't be comfortable in your skin if you live an adapted self. You won't be comfortable in your skin if you go along with the crowd when you know in your heart that God has something different for you. You see, here's what I believe one of the reasons why people don't succeed at being themselves is because what happens is we think that being something else or someone else will bring happiness and joy to us. And that's a lie. That's a lie. You have to recognize that. And when you start to believe, okay, when you start to believe that God has created you who he wants you to be and that you lack nothing and that there's nothing wrong with you, then what happens is you're, you're, you're gonna live with a whole new confidence. You're gonna be able to be bold you're going to be able to be brave. You're you're going to be able to be that which will bring joy and fulfillment to you when you believe that. You see, listen to me. I want you to understand this. God will never give you his favor to be anyone other than yourself. Do you hear that? I want you to hear that, okay? Because some of us are concerned about the favor of God being on our life. God will never give you his favor to be anyone other than yourself. When you choose to be your authentic self, then God's favor will fall on you. And so let the time be right now, right now. Make the decision right now that you're going to go forward and you're gonna be set free from the torments of comparing yourself with others or trying to be somebody that you're not. Realize that God is proud of you and that he loves you and he he views you as precious. You see, this is a struggle for us and Solomon knew it and Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived apart from Jesus and here's what he said. He said, the fear of human opinion disables. It disables us. Trusting in God protects you from that and some of us have been disabled by the opinions of others and we don't even realize it. Because of that, we're living an adapted life, and we've become addicted to the approval of others. I love what it says in another translation. It says, it is dangerous to be concerned with what other people think of you. You see, we need to be more concerned with who God says we are and what he thinks of us. That's why he goes on to say, but if you trust the Lord, you are safe. When you, listen, when you give more weight to the opinions of other people than you do God, you'll stay on the sidelines of life, and you won't experience a fun, fulfilling, and fruitful life. You will stay locked up in a prison of self-made fear and destruction, and God doesn't want that there'll always be people who will criticize you. There'll always be people who will judge you. There'll always be people who will attack you. There'll always be people who will spread rumors about you. You'll always, in one way or another, be misunderstood. And your tendency and my tendency will be to fight back and to be able to come at them. And yet what I want to encourage you is not to do that. When people criticize you and you want to criticize them back, don't do it every time you're under attack, every time you are criticized, every time you are put down, every time you are made fun of, you can defend yourself or you can let God defend you. And what I would suggest is that you let God defend you. Listen, when you let God defend you, you are more like Jesus than probably any other time in life because that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus allowed God to defend him. You see, Jesus was living his authentic life. He was fulfilling God's purpose in his life, and not everybody agreed with it. Peter tells us of this when he writes, When he, Jesus, was insulted, he did not answer back with an insult. Oh, it's so easy for us to do. Would you agree with me? When he suffered, he did not threaten, but placed his hopes in God, the righteous. Judge. You see, Jesus did not fight back in the face of unjust conviction and persecution. He refused to. He trusted God to defend him ultimately when it mattered most. And a lot of people are going to criticize you if you live out your authentic you. They're going to want you to be someone that you're not. They're going to ask you to be someone that God has not created. And you need to let God be your defender you see so many of us if we're not careful we twist ourselves into knots desperately trying to be something or someone that god hasn't created and we will try to fill this endless list of qualities and capabilities that we think that will make us feel loved approved accepted and safe and let me just tell you it's an exhausted way of living. It will bring you to complete exhaustion. You know why? I've tried it. I've tried it. It does not work. And we live in a culture that will try to define who you should be. That's why scripture says, you shall know the truth, and the truth will what? Set you free. You see, if you live an adapted life, it'll be like being on a treadmill, just going over and over and over again, but getting nowhere. And that's not a way to live. God wants you to be who he created you to be. And so let me wrap up with a couple of questions. What do you need to leave behind? What do you need to leave behind in order to recover the authentic self that God has created you to be? What do you need to leave behind? What do you need to walk away from? What what do you need to walk away from to reclaim those unique parts that God has gifted you with and God has created and put inside of you? How about this one here? What do you need to step into? What do you need to step into? What do you need to start practicing so that you can live out your authentic self? What is the first step that you need to take to begin to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ? You know, for some of us, it's to accept Jesus Christ, the one who knitted you together in your mother's womb. And you can do that by saying a simple yet life-transforming prayer. You can say, God, as much as I know how, I want you in my life. I thank you for Jesus Christ and his life and his death and his resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your power so that I can be who you created me to be. For others of us, maybe for most of us, it's to realize that maybe we're living an adapted life instead of an authentic life. And we need to throw off everything that hinders us and that sin that so easily entangles us. And maybe that's your step. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you today for who you are. We thank you that when we understand how you have created us and what you have placed inside of us and we begin to live that out, we begin to live life and life to the fullest. And I pray for everyone here today that we would do that, that we would be courageous, that we would be bold, that we would be brave, and that we would shed the adaptive life and that we would begin to practice the authentic you. That's where we'll find contentment. That's where we'll find satisfaction. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you want to talk to someone about a decision you've made, or let us know how God's moving through this series, visit newpoint.org forward slash contact. Be sure to stay connected with us throughout the week on social media, download our app, subscribe to our weekly podcasts through the App Store or Google Play, or catch us on Roku or Apple TV. Thanks for listening to today's message, and we hope you continue to realize and reach your full potential in Jesus Christ.